What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us again for another edition of What the Deuce, brought to you by Cracked Rackets. I'm your host, Christian Harris, and I'm joined here again by the lovely Trey McCombs. What's up, Trey? Yeah, man. Uh, what's going on? I'm, thanks for bringing me back. I'm glad I didn't fail the uh, fail the audition. Yeah, you you passed <laughs> with flying colors. So what's Reginald up to these days? Yeah, he's just chilling, being the cutest little cutie cat the world's ever seen still. So <laughs> about the usual. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to go into our segments, as usual. We're going to go through baseline news. We're going to take a little break from tweets from Brad. He has been a little inactive lately on Twitter. He's been uh, very excited about the upcoming NFL draft and NBA uh, superstars, too. So we'll let Brad be for now. We'll leave him alone. We're going to get into, we have our first official voicemail we're going to get into today. A little juicy and one. We also, yeah, a real juicy one. So we'll get into that. And we also have later in the episode a great interview with, I guess, now national champion Meg Kowalski from the University of Georgia. Go, dogs! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, let, let's let's hop right into this first segment after after some dog barking. Let's uh, hop right into baseline news. So uh, we have our first. Maybe this will just become a weekly segment where we just update update you on Jack Sock. But uh, so Jack Sock is back in the news. Uh, he's not bashing doubles this week. But he will be out for the foreseeable future. It sounds like. Yeah, at least uh, at least a couple months from what I've what I've seen. What did you see, Trey? What what is uh, our friend Mr. Sock? So to? I initially thought that he had injured his finger in an avocado slicing incident. Um, that is unfortunately not true. He, uh, yeah, he. You know what I'm seeing says a skiing injury, but. Apparently, he damaged a ligament in his index finger on one of his hands in a snowboarding accident. Has to be his right hand because he hasn't hit a backhand since like yeah. 2009. Yeah, exactly. So I would imagine it's probably his right hand. But either way, a couple months out, a little casual surgery on the finger. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's nothing too bad. You don't want to see anybody get too hurt. But like, come on, man. You can't be at least make it like training related injury like how do you hurt your right. finger snowboarding like, i remember when i i had opportunities to go skiing or snowboarding or whatever during holiday breaks while i was in college and i knew that if i got injured or messed up somehow my scholarship would be gone i wasn't trying to make you like i wasn't trying to make a livelihood out of this this is ridiculous like why are you going snowboarding can't you wait like a year until yeah. you're just completely just solely a doubles player and you're <laughs> ranked 500 in the world well i mean yeah i don't know I don't know. It's tough because, you know, you, you don't want to go, hey, you know, this is your job. You can't go have fun, but at least be good at snowboarding if you're going to go, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe it was some unfortunate accident. If so, I probably still won't feel that bad because he's made millions of dollars playing tennis. But come on. <laughs> I wonder how he did it. He probably like fell off. A, he probably like fell off the chairlift. <laughs> oh, I hope it, man. I hope it's as ridiculous as possible. I hope it's just like, yeah, he was trying to strap his boots in and just like <laughs> sprained his finger so bad it like or snapped a ligament in his finger while he was doing it. He was snapping his boots in and Brad Gilbert came flying down the mountain <laughs> and just <laughs> and took his hand out. <laughs> oh, man. That, oh. That's what I'm going to believe until I hear otherwise. And even then. I'll still probably believe that it was Brad Gilbert's fault. This is still, is this allegedly, or is this a for sure snowboarding accident? Um, 
Or is the you avocado know, the avocado slicing injuries? Does that still have some truth? You you were pretty close with the hand injury. Yeah, we um we've got we've got a verified Twitter account, Ben Rothenberg, saying it was a uh saying it was the snowboarding accident. So I haven't done uh-huh. any sort of due diligence whatsoever into it besides looking at the verified check mark, but that's pretty much good enough for me to believe it in this day and age. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it at face value. Blue, yeah, blue check mark means it's real. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next next topic on baseline news. So Naomi Osaka just just coming off her uh, 2019 Australian Open Championship, which makes her the first uh, back-to-back Grand Slam winner since Serena and the youngest since Martina Hingis. I see you can read some Wikipedia. Uh, wow, yeah, man. Well, the, the verified Twitter accounts keep coming at me hard. So <laughs> blue check marks <laughs> content for our show. Thank you, blue yes. check marks. Um, but yeah, this is wild. She split up with her coach after winning two Grand Slams in a row. Uh, I don't. I don't think Alabama is going to fire Nick Saban anytime soon. After. You know, but it'd be like winning two national championships in football and deciding mm, things aren't working out. Let's split our let's split our separate ways. Yeah, you know, I I think it really caught a lot of people off guard. But you know, after going back and reading, you know, some of the uh, her post match um, comments, you know, it actually kind of struck me. Check marks? No, this was just you know regular reporters without blue check marks, so I can't really take them. Uh-huh. serious but you know she said uh they were asking you know how much of an impact he had on her on her game and she's like yeah i mean we don't really talk much uh he, he'll maybe tell me like one or two things before a match but you know so i think that kind of shows he wasn't necessarily coaching as much as being like a mentor what do you, mm. which you know makes sense Djokovic had uh oh my god it's not boris becker was it no, it was Boris. Yeah, Becker. Boris Becker. Okay. Boris. Yeah, I, Boris yeah. Becker. yeah. He had uh, he had Boris in there while he was winning those, and then you know he won too many slams, and then he got rid of <laughs> Boris. So I think it was more of a you know somebody helping with the mental side and the personal side as opposed to the actual X's and O's, which you know makes sense. I would love to be able to feel that way once in my life, maybe. <laughs> but. Uh, I- it's just wild to me that you have that much success and you think, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't really much of a function to begin with. Who knows, man? What a, what a wild time though. It is, it is a wild time. That's for sure. All right, let's get into our next segment. We have our first official voicemail of this show. So a uh, big day for us here at what the deuce. Um, thank you so much let's get, for calling in. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's uh, let's get into that right now. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, I was just wondering if you could talk about Novak Djokovic and how the real reason he's back on top and winning slams again, that he sorted things out in his personal life as his wife. Anyway, we'd love to hear more about that. Thanks. Bold. Hot take. Good, good quality content here. What we want. What, what, what do you think? What, what are your initial thoughts here upon hearing that? I mean, it would make sense from a timeline standpoint of, you know, he did exit every single, okay, he didn't exit every single slam early, but he certainly wasn't having the success that he was having uh, in previous years. So, you know, who's to say why why those things might have happened. Maybe something surfaced up in his personal life that 
you had issues with, you know, that maybe the general public didn't know about. Yeah. No, and if there's one thing I do love, it's bashing on Djokovic because I just don't like him. <laughs> but, uh, but so I've, I've done a little bit of digging here. This really, really piqued my interest. So it looks like he didn't win a slam in 2017, which is a bit unusual considering he won a slam every year from 2013 to and 2016. Yeah, with, well, and he won, what, three slams in 2015, two in 2016. And then absent in Uh, 2017, basically. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. So I did a little bit of digging. And for most most of 2017, he was posting pretty frequently on Instagram with pictures of Helena, his wife, his lovely wife, to add to that. Um, But then there is a break. So there's a post in October 2017, and that's the last time we see uh, see his wife on his Instagram wow. until he has one post on Valentine's Day of 2018, and then he has a final post, or his next post about her comes in June of 2018. Wow! During which that in that break, he also has a picture with Kobe. Who is also <laughs> a person who cheated on his oh wife? Oh boy, he was with Kobe so, cheating around. Yeah. So, and then he wins Wimbledon and the U.S. Open in 2018 after posting pictures of with his wife again. And no more Kobe. No more Kobe. So no more Mamba. It makes. I mean, you know, if we're gonna go solely off of rumors, which I've clearly got no problem doing. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to believe it. And I think that that could absolutely be something that would heavily impact him, given his just sheer mental ability to overcome all these, you know, ridiculously grueling matches that he was playing. Right. Or steroids. You know, that might have been one of the, that might have been one of the well, reasons. the blood doping, but everyone does that. That's true. So Your boy Rafa, he gets mad every time he gets a drug test, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean... Like we're gonna believe he had an injury, a knee injury for a year, <laughs> but uh, kind of like, yeah, kind of like uh, Gasquet kissing a girl with cocaine <laughs> in her mouth and that getting into his system via via his mouth instead of him snorting it. So hey, he didn't know, man. It was just, it was just yeah. a nice girl at a club at two a.m. Yeah, pretty pretty likely. But I, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not ever gonna say cheat on your wife. I think that's horrible awful thing to do i think he's i'm listening personality wise i'm I'm very intrigued on what you have to say after this personality wise i really don't like him so i could see it (laughs) just because i've got a bias against him to begin with but it does seem that he has managed to salvage that i'm sure he also had the mamba mentality got her a big old ring redid the vows and now unfortunately it looks like he's just gonna win all the majors again for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we need, I'm a big Roger guy, but we need Nadal to step up here. Roger's about to, he's about to fade off into the sunset. So we need, we need Nadal to step it up here because I don't know who else is going to stop Djokovic at this point. All right, let's get into this interview with uh, the lovely Miss Meg Kowalski. And uh, any relation to Mike? Mike Wazowski? Yes. (laughs) I'm not sure if she's related to Mike Wazowski. But uh, 
I coached Meg a little bit when I was at Smith Stearns, and every single day I, I'd see her at practice, I'd be like, Meg Kowalski, instead of Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Maybe there's some truth to that, but um, yeah, let's get into that interview. So uh, here it is. All right, we got Meg Kowalski on the line now. Uh, what's up, Meg? How are you tonight? Good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. So we're going to go into your background a little bit and how you started playing tennis and um, how you just got into the sport. So let's, uh, let's, let's start it off with that one. When did you start playing? Uh, so actually when I was two years old, um, I was helping my parents clean out the garage and I found one of my mom's old tennis rackets. She just played on her high school team, nothing too intense. Um, but I was super stubborn as a kid. Obviously I still have now, but, um, I made them, uh, put me in some tennis little quick start classes and I just stuck with it ever since. I mean, I played other sports too, but I mean, tennis, I've always really liked it and it was pretty easy for me to pick up. So um, I played that throughout, obviously until now, <laughs> but um, I trained in Chicago and, and then my sophomore year of high school, I moved to Hill and Head, South Carolina to train at Chris Stearns Tennis Academy. Um, and I went to boarding school there and then now I'm at University of Georgia. Nice. Do you have any... Do you have any notice, uh, notable coaches while you were at Smith Stearns? Yeah, um, I was under the direction of BJ Stearns and this guy named Christian Harris, too. He definitely helped me out a bit. Bingo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I ruined your game so much, probably. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no telling how good oh you God, could have been without not. my help. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a miracle you've made it this far. Um, no, oh my God, Christian's the best. <laughs> I paid her to say that, so um, <laughs> I'll Venmo you that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, so, geez, so I started playing tennis at just some, like some spring cleaning, helping your parents out at two years old? Yeah, it was kind of crazy, and I really, like, I wasn't forced into it at all. It was it was just, I wanted to, I tried a lot of different sports, and I just really liked it. And so no, no it, crazy is, tennis parents? Uh, no, my parents thankfully aren't aren't too intense. Um, my dad doesn't know anything about tennis, which is really nice. My mom <laughs> does know, and she's more the tennis mom. But my parents definitely they're not huge huge tennis players themselves, so it's nice not to have too much pressure. <laughs> I got that big follow from your mom on Instagram like a, a couple weeks ago. I think I think I texted you. About oh God, it. I'm was, so uh, sorry. <laughs> I was pumped. <laughs> no, that's funny. That's funny stuff. One thing that I noticed you just said was you started in quick start tennis, like with the sh with the smaller courts. Um, actually, no. Um, okay. It was like <laughs> like the quick start, like little kids class. That's what I was thinking. I I was like I think a year or two years like after they started or like before they started doing like the actual small courts. So I missed I missed out on that. I I had to start um, full court with the hard balls. <laughs> okay, thank God, because I was about to be like, man. <laughs> I can't be that much older than you because I, yeah. know, both me and Christian were on the full size courts from the from the time we started. So that was yeah. just about to really trip me out. It's still too big. There's still too much court to cover. <laughs> yeah. So you picked Georgia. Oh yeah. How did that pick? Uh, I'm sorry about that. How did that pick? Um, how did you how did you pick the Bulldogs? Um. So I felt. Um. So I was at Smith Stearns. And I'm sorry. Um, my coach, 
So, um, so BJ, um, his wife, Kelly, um, went to Smith Stearns. There's so many alum, uh, like Smith Stearns alum that went to Smith Stearns. Smith Stearns that like went to Georgia, it's like Robert Loeb, who's on the men's team now, uh, Naja Gilchrist, Nawi. Um, um, there's so many, like Kelly's sister, Yvette. So I feel like I just like, like going into Georgia after Smith Stearns was kind of like keeping the tradition going and like staying connected to Smith Stearns. So I really like that aspect. And then when I took a visit my sophomore year, I actually only took one um actual unofficial and um I just completely fell in love with it like I uh, am in love with uh, the coaches Drake and Jeff they're awesome um I mean everything about Georgia is just like it fits all my standards and the the courts are amazing so I'm super pumped to start playing outdoors at the Dan McGill Tennis Center and if I'm not mistaken, you committed after you turned, what, like 12 years old, I think? Is that what it was? Yeah, about 12 and a half, <laughs> I think. No, I'm kidding. I, mean, I, was, I was 16 at the time. I was young. I was super young. But, I mean, it was one of those decisions that I never regretted. And I was, like, full heart, like, going in. Like, I, it was still today one of my, like, the best decisions I've ever made. So full I'm heart, happy that, eyes, can't lose, that I did it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, how how's it been transitioning into college, and how has uh, how's it been at the University of Georgia? How has uh, has everything been in the athletic world? Uh, it's been awesome. I am a huge college tennis junkie. Like when I was in high school, I always live stream matches, and I'm always like up to date on like the Twitter stats of all the dual matches. So I mean, coming into college, I was just like super pumped about everything. And um, so like in the fall, uh, I played one tournament, and I actually tore my meniscus. I think prior to the tournament, we don't know exactly when I did. So I played one tournament. So I played four singles matches and then I was out the rest of the fall. Um, so I didn't get, I was super bummed about that. But I mean, I'm happy that I'm, I'm not missing spring season. So it was, it was good timing. <laughs> no, for sure. We're glad that you're back out on the courts. So yeah, back to back to Georgia and like football and the athletics and everything. And how is uh? I'm assuming you're a big football fan now, huh? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so how is uh? Have you met Co- Have you met Kirby Smart yet, or how is he perceived around campus? I haven't personally met him, uh, but he's definitely the big guy on campus. Everyone loves him. He, I've seen so many shirts like Kirby for president, which <laughs> would definitely not be a bad idea. But um, <laughs> he's awesome. He is a super positive guy and he's super motivating. Like when you like watch him during the games, he has so much energy and he has a lot of respect from all the players. So he's definitely um, the big guy on campus that everyone loves. Yeah. How, uh, how has he been able to, you know, in your opinion, how has he been able to maintain that positivity after losing to the backup quarterback at Alabama (laughs) the last two years in the biggest game of their season? (laughs) I mean, that, that was definitely a heartbreaker. Um, But (laughs) I think <laughs> no comment on that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that he's, he's a great guy. And I know the guys, the, the football team's working hard and they're going to definitely come back and win next year. I, I have a good feeling. I'm calling it now. Wow. You saying that you saying the Alabama's not getting to the SEC championship then? Um, <laughs> I, I can see um, Alabama, Georgia, SEC final. I definitely can see that. And but okay. we're going to be on the right side of it this time. I, then, I have a good feeling. Just, uh, Meg, just so you know, I'm from Alabama. So that's why. Okay. Good yeah, to know. <laughs> yeah, we probably should have led with that one. But, <laughs> so that that's why I'm giving you, giving you shit for it. Um, but that's okay. 
Um, yeah, so let's go into the national indoors, and y'all are coming off a big national championship. Congratulations on that. So Thank you so much. Yeah, so if I'm not mistaken, I'm no statistician over here, but I believe that you are 11-0 so far in your young career in the spring season. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jeez, 11 matches, 11 wins, a national championship. 11 wins is what I had in like an entire season. <laughs> it's seven more than I had in my like, career. <laughs> So. <laughs> and that's like that's including doubles maybe too so that's that's pretty impressive stuff meg Thanks. goodness what's gracious. uh what's been the what would you say so far has been your biggest college moment on a tennis court so far um i definitely have to say the coolest thing was um probably our first round we played nc state and so we like started with singles because of the weather delay so it was we were up three two and it came down to my court and if i lost the match we'd play doubles like at three all like in the team score um but if i won then i i'd clinch it for the team so it came down to my court i lost the first set and then I came back and won the second. And then I was in the third. And, like, all of a sudden, like, everyone came over. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, it's me. Like, I need to pull this out. <laughs> so I, I ended up, thankfully, pulling out. And it was, like, winning that final point and having the team rush to the court. Like, that's a moment I'll definitely never forget. Like, that's, like, the coolest thing ever, like, by far. Wow, wait. That's actually, like, way cooler than anything I ever did. <laughs> so, like, that's, really, that's a really awesome feeling. I'm sure. So congrats oh God, on that. Yeah. Trey, you didn't have <laughs> yeah. a big clinching moment versus like North, South, East, West Alabama State? Man, I literally only <laughs> ever played doubles. I played one singles match and lost. Like, <laughs> that's okay. That that's all right. We're not That's why we that's why we interview successful people and not us. <laughs> that's where we're on a podcast and not playing professionally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you wanna uh you wanna get into the would you rather's here? Yeah, for sure. All righty. Uh, so I think the one that I'm the most curious about is, would you rather have a giraffe neck or an elephant trunk in your current state and still be playing tennis? I'm going to definitely go with the giraffe neck because I'm five That's three two and a half. I'm going to put the half in because I need every inch I can get. But um, having that neck would definitely give me some height. So I'll take that any day. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, two for two so far. I think that might be the common theme. All right, here's my here's my argument to Haley. All right, you have a giraffe neck, so you can, like, see from really high, but you're not going to ever be able to, like, have extra long arms or a longer torso to help you out. You just have a neck. So, I but, mean, like, you can, like, hold the rack. I mean... You going to hold the racket in you your mouth? You can hold the racket in the <laughs> mouth. I mean, you can figure it out. You can definitely figure it out on that part. <laughs> I like the creativity. No, that's good. That's a great one. Great answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hold it in your mouth and then, like, you know, like headbang it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure the giraffe muscles are way stronger than normal neck muscles, too. So you might be able to even get more velocity. Exactly. I mean, that was my thought process. Exactly. <laughs> nice. I mean, those necks are pretty strong. So, yeah, these are ridiculous questions. Um, okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, so uh, would you rather eat the same meal for the rest of your life or never use social media again? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go. Dude, that is a hard one. I'm going to 
I'm a huge foodie, so I'm gonna have to go with <laughs> not use social media. I feel like I, we can like I feel like I can do it because our coaches are pretty strict with like no phones like during practice, no phones when we're traveling and stuff. So like I like when we're going on the road, I I'm definitely not on my phone at all. So I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job with that. But I mean I can't give up food like that's that's my motivation. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. I agree with you there. I, I, I think that's a good answer. So nice. Thank you. Um, all right, Meg, would you rather not have taste buds or be colorblind? Oh, Ooh. I'm going to go with colorblind because I love food. So like, if you can't taste, like, I feel like, I mean, you, I would definitely eat a lot healthier and like maybe just eat kale instead of like <laughs> eating like junk food because like they all would taste the same. But, I mean, if you can still see if you're colorblind, so I'm going to have to go with being colorblind. Being colorblind is going to severely impact your ability to play tennis, though. But you can still, like, see everything, right? Like Yeah, but just, you won't have – like you. I feel like that really make it a struggle to see the tennis ball. That, that yellow ball is now just a gray ball against a gray tennis court, against a gray sky, against a gray fence. Oh, shoot. Okay. Guys, I just took a red eye and like you're like really I'm just doing loops around my brain right now. This is like life or death, it seems like. I don't know. You got to give us an answer. There's a gun to your head right now. (laughs) I know. Okay. I mean, like since you put it that way, I feel like I could like figure it out. But well. No, we gotta I mean, go taste. Okay, we gotta go taste buds. No, there's any nothing worse. The only thing worse than a colorblind person is a flip flopper. So uh, we gotta we gotta stay with, we gotta stay with the taste buds here. So that is, I I feel like I have to agree with you. All right, Meg. Would you rather never have the ability to listen to music again, or lose the ability to read? Oh gosh. <laughs> Damn. So it's like pretty oh, much boy. you trying to be the non cult owning R Kelly. um i i mean right now i need to like finish school so i definitely (laughs) need to read but (laughs) i mean maybe my question or my answer would be different if it's later in life but for right now i'm definitely gonna have to say no music because I mean, I have to be eligible to play. <laughs> I have to find a way. Yeah, that is such an NCAA answer. That's a tough one. That's I know. A really that, tough that was one. hard. God, that'd be miserable. I, I don't know if I could do the music thing. I could. I could be dyslexic. I, I'm like halfway dyslexic already. So, well, that, <laughs> dyslexia is very different from not being able to read at all. That's true too. Yeah. I think I'd rather just take well, the music and just be a tennis In that case, coach. I can't read either. I can't read very well either. So. <laughs> I'm yeah, screwed either way here, so I'm like halfway in the hole here. Oh, my God. Alrighty. So, Meg, would you rather be able to only whisper or only shout? I feel like right now, like, I pretty much only shout. Like, I have no inside voice. So I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job living with that. So I'll definitely only shout because like in dual matches, come on, like that's like, oh, that's the advantage right there. That was my biggest strength as a college tennis player was my ability to yell at the other players. So I thought you were going to say your ability I mean, to whisper <laughs> at the other player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just get up and whisper sweet nothings in their ear to distract them. <laughs> hey, that was a nice serve. You're looking pretty good out there. Hey coach, I'd really like to play today. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice. My God. 
All right. Nice. Those are always pretty fun. Let, let's go. Let's go. One more. Would you rather here? If you had to, would you rather have to eat 100 chicken nuggets in one sitting or have to eat 10 orders of large fries from McDonald's? Okay, that's the easiest one by far. Definitely the fries. Like, who doesn't love fries? And, who doesn't like, love a good McDonald's McNugget? Chicken nuggets? Okay, no, but I'm sorry. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I, I can't do chicken nuggets. Hot like, take. uh-uh, uh-uh. Real hot take. Wow. <laughs> wow, not even liking chicken nuggets at all. What if they're I know, like super I, dang like, chicken mm-hmm. nugs? You could I got you couldn't pay me to eat chicken nuggets. Uh, like especially Whoa. from McDonald's. I'm not. You couldn't pay I know. Me. You might have to kick me out of this interview right now, but I can't do it. You couldn't pay you to Oh my god. Goodness gracious. <laughs> pay you. Wow. I mean I I, I had a really traumatic prospect. experience with chicken nuggets. Oh, please elaborate. I can't do it anymore. Oof. You have to elaborate on that. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um in chicago i think last year um during like winter break my friends and i um went to wendy's i'm not a huge like fast food person but like i don't know why we were like bored we went to wendy's and i decided to get chicken nuggets like hold up hold up let's I, back up I'm, you were bored so you went to wendy's as one does yeah that's that's the first issue right there what like Duh. the thought process was definitely not there at the moment <laughs> So anyways, I mean, that's my Wendy's. first thought process when I'm bored. Let's go to Wendy's, Trey. Yeah, like, yeah, bored. Oh, Wendy's, go. Like, that's, that was definitely <laughs> the thought. <laughs> but so anyways, we went there, and I mean, the, so I think, it, I don't know if it's a six-piece or whatever the count is, but I ate, let's say it's six-piece, I ate five, and I'm like, oh, this is not bad at all. So I go, side note, I'm not a huge meat person. I, like, I like don't really choose to eat meat, but um the nuggets sounded good at the moment so i went i went for it and on the sixth chicken nugget i like bit into it and i am not joking there was like a black vein in the chicken nugget and i like projectile vomited i I, it's so traumatic i like had nightmares about it oh that's disgusting yeah Uh. yeah so i'm gonna ruin your chicken nugget experience for the rest of your life i'm sorry but it had to be said no i'll give you so i'll tell you I agreed with your answer just because I knew that either way I was going to be throwing up. And I think I'd much rather throw up French fries and chicken nuggets. So that's okay. That's true. I feel like it's sense. like come out better too. Like, you know, if you're, yeah. oh, it's like Jesus. softer. <laughs> yeah. Way easier. Much. Yeah. I, I agreed with your answer. And now you've actually just confirmed the thought process behind it. So yeah. Wow. What a what a relevant life question we've asked you here. <laughs> I know that one's deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Meg. So let's preview this uh, the rest of this 2019 season. So uh, how are the Bulldogs looking? Yeah, I mean, thankfully no injuries. Knock on wood, though. You never know with college tennis; it's extremely physical. But um, I mean, we're all feeling good, especially after that um, exciting weekend or week, rather. Uh, but we're so excited. We're still hungry for more, and I can't wait for outdoors to start. I feel like, believe it or not, we're more of an outdoor team than indoor team, so I'm excited to see what we can do this season. You got uh, Meg, you got any personal goals you're trying to accomplish this season? So I feel like this is like kind of crazy, but like going in, Christian can definitely vouch for this, but like, I, like, the biggest thing is I like I wanted to win a national championship so badly from like I like I was like I'm going to Georgia I want to win a national championship like I'll do whatever it takes like I'm not leaving until I win one so I mean definitely like my first national ever 
and we win it, like, it's kind of like, so you're done. Oh shoot. Like I, I just now. did it. Like, all right. Now what? But I feel yeah, like I'm like not, <laughs> I know exactly. But I feel like that's not like, I'm just like, that just like makes me even more excited. Like I, I had gr- like a couple great wins. Definitely. I mean, all play like college tennis. The level is so much higher than some of the junior matches I've played. And it's just like so exciting, especially having like coaches out there. And like, I'm like a huge vocal person on the court. So I'm like, I love, you know, cheering for my teammates and, and helping them through. So, um, but personal goals, I mean, I, I'm like a huge team person. So I don't, I mean, I, I want to win that outdoor so badly too. I want to get that ring. I want to win SCCs, but I mean, I personal goals, I don't, I don't think I have any. I want, I want the team, you know? Hey, it's it's good that you've been able to develop the Clemson and Alabama football mentality, even though you're at Georgia. So it's great. Like it's an admirable, <laughs> admirable philosophy, and I applaud you for it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for joining us today, Meg, and uh, best of luck with everything this coming season. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that's Meg Kowalski. Thank you so much for joining us, Meg, and best of luck for the rest of this season. We'll finish up a little story time here. So uh, let's go into the angriest reaction that you've ever had after a tennis match. Oh, all right. Uh, let me. I'll I give you a second. I'll give you a second to think. I've, I've obviously okay. I've written the question, so I've had some time to think about it. Okay. So, all right, here's a good one. All right, we just finished playing. I was at Clemson, and we just finished playing a team that. I think we won 6-1. I was the only court to lose. I was playing really playing really well all season. Went to this match, I guess, like overly confident for the first time in my life. And ended up losing in three sets. Was the only person that lost. Broke a racket in half. Um, was just left with my grip. And I went to the locker room. No one else was in the locker room yet. And I threw it into the wall. And there was just a grip sticking out of the, uh, out of the drywall. And there was a hole in the locker room after that. And What was it like uh, having a locker room? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot you didn't have you didn't have a locker. <laughs> no man, we didn't even have we only have we didn't even have bathrooms at the courts, man. <laughs> we had to go across the street to the police station or the gas station. Hold on, you didn't have bathrooms? In the- <laughs> no man, I can't I can't tell you how many. Well, we parked at the dentist's office that was right next to the four courts for the twelve <laughs> players we had on the team. <laughs> oh my god, you didn't have a locker room or a bathroom. No, man. That's why I live so close to campus that way, I, or so close to the courts. You can just hold on. The set's over. I'm going to go home real quick. Yeah, yeah. Take right, a leak right, at right, home. Yeah, I got to take a <laughs> be back in about 10 minutes. A little three-minute walk. Oh, man. But, yeah, I remember just sitting in the locker room, my racket grip sticking out of the drywall, and everyone's, like, celebrating, coming in, like, yeah, we won. Oh, you're, are you all right? <laughs> And I was just sitting there, I'm like, completely fine at this point. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Good job, guys. Good win today. <laughs> and they're like, what, what happened? Like, it was, the, it was the only racket I ever broke in junior, or like in overall tennis, not junior tennis or college, like the only racket I ever broke no out of way. like pure anger. And no way. so to, to see the guy who never broke a racket in their life with just a grip sticking out of the wall when they came into the locker room and me just sitting there completely happy for everybody. Everyone's like, okay, 
This guy's gone insane. Goodness gracious, man. You only broke one racket in your life? I think so. I think it was just one. Damn, that's why I've been struggling to figure out when the angriest I've been was. <laughs> Trying to figure out which, which model racket you broke <laughs> over your knee. No, no, I broke 16 rackets in the course of like three Jesus, years. You broke 16? Man, I was playing with the Aero Pro. So like, you throw it like twice. <laughs> Plus, I was going through that. It was like from the time I was 12 to like 15. So I was going through that awkward phase where I'd somehow grown like nine inches in one summer. I didn't realize how big I was. I'm sorry that you grew. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Going from four foot 11 to five, eight in one summer wasn't very fun, but, uh, yeah, man, that was, that was my, grew that fast. Like I remember yeah. I was like an 11 year old and my foot grew like a size 10 shoe. It's like, Oh cool. I'm going to be tall. And then it, my foot stopped growing. I stopped growing shortly after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least, at least your foot grew to like a normal size, man. I was, I'm six feet tall with a size nine shoe. <laughs> so but yeah, you know, the angriest I've ever been was, pro oh man, you know, it was, I don't know if it counts as anger, more depression, but it was probably when I was playing against a D3, uh, I was at a tournament, I was playing against a, D3, a kid from a D3 school, and I won the first set like 6-1, it was up 5-2. Yeah, I'm listening, I'm getting excited. And then I lost, I lost that set 7-6. And then lost the third set, 6-0. <laughs> and then, I, I honestly, I don't even think I broke a racket at that point. I think I just left. I just <laughs> left my entire team. I drove there because it was a tournament in Birmingham. I was just like, this. I'm going home, guys. I'll see you. I was actually, you know what? I was so angry. I took like $500 out of my 600 I haven't had in savings <laughs> and went and bought an Apple Watch. That, that's what you did out of anger? I was so mad. I was so mad. I was just like, this. I'm buying this. I deserve it. <laughs> Probably going to kill myself. So this is going to be the last nice thing I ever have. I had. To, I, I was even angry when I looked at my bank account after that and realized I went from having like $650 to like 12 <laughs> I had to return the watch the next that, day. Did you actually return the watch the next day? Oh, man. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. I'm was that like the first generation Apple Watch or what? Yeah, it was. It couldn't even do anything. Oh man, yeah, first generation. So, yeah. so that's like that. Yeah, that must have that must have broken the bank big time then. Oh, I mean, it was entire, literally my entire bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I'd say the angriest I've ever. And shortly been. after, you went to Petra Kvitova's house and threatened to rob her for four hundred forty dollars. Yeah, four hundred forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, just to get it back. Oh man, yeah, tennis is crazy. It'll do that to you, but yeah, man, you really only broke one racket. Only one. Yeah, I can honestly say I can't, it's only one. I think, I know I broke two the day I quit. <laughs> I broke. Won't be needing these anymore. <laughs> yeah, I broke, I broke four throughout college. I broke the 16 in those four years. I broke probably another three just because I was a <laughs> I broke a lot of rackets on accident, which didn't Like help. serving and it flew out of your hand or something? Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's too funny man alright um, thank you again for listening to this edition of What the Deuce uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap up here so please send those uh, send those voicemails in if you can that number to call is 336-496-2869 
Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to this, and we look forward to uh, next episode. Have a good one. Oh, 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 oh,